0: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Experience the thrilling burst of delicious cherry flavor with the crisp and refreshing Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in zero sugar, diet, and mini cans, Pepsi Wild Cherry is the perfect way to indulge your wild side. From a Friday night binge watch to a raucous evening of pizza and sweatpants with your friends, Pepsi Wild Cherry lets everyone get wild their way. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
1: This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered. For your next spring adventure, shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast. The guest I have on has spent the last few hours Days not prepping for this podcast, but she's been filling up Molotov cocktails, verbal Molotov cocktails, <laughs> so she could come on and absolutely set the podcast on fire. I think you know who I'm talking about because she's somebody you don't want to cross. I've been on the opposite end of a uh, you know I've been on the business end of a Stucky bomb in the past. It's not somewhere <laughs> you want to be. Okay, uh, so yeah, she's uh, appeared on seven challenges she's she won free agents alongside me which was a uh, amazing season to win in her 12 eliminations she's 10 and 2 which is an absolutely fantastic elimination record uh and you know who i'm talking about she's not just a vet like vet in the game but she's also like a real life vet as well and i actually heard this might be this might be just a rumor so correct me if i'm wrong Laurel, I heard in veterinary school you euthanized an animal just by staring at it. That's how intense <laughs> your stare is. And I'm not going to lie, I think you almost almost euthanized Michelle last episode just by staring at her. So, welcome to the podcast, Laurel. How have you been?
3: Hey, Johnny. I've been well. Thank you. You're so funny with those intros. Yeah. Uh, no, I did not euthanize an animal just by staring at it. I would no. never harm an animal. Um, I love them so much. Um, what if the animal's
2: name was Jay or Michelle? Then what? Would you stare at it? And maybe uh, try it? And-
3: <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: All right, hold on. Before you answer that, just stare directly into the camera. Don't say anything. Just stare.
3: Wait, hold on. It's, it's going to be hard because with you, I'm like smiling and laughing. So
2: I'm not. This is I'm terrified right now. So this is what it feels like. Whoo, man! All right, I feel like I feel like I, Laura. I will say though, you have the ability, just by a look, and I'm and I'm not gonna lie because I have in the past been there's been times when I feel like I've been in a little sticky situation with you here and there, and you do this thing, you have the ability to do this thing when I'm talking to you, all right. And if you know that what the person's saying is complete bullshit, you do this thing where you kind of wrinkle your 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 you like. You wrinkle your eyebrow a little bit, like, and kind of turn your head like you're confused by what they're saying. (laughs) And it really makes me feel like, oh my God, I'm like, uh, like, I don't even know what this to say anymore like well, you did you know
3: did you know what? that my grandfather was actually a New York State detective and he arrested Meyer Lansky so it is in my blood to call yeah. out the bullshit that anybody puts in front of me my grandfather is with me in my heart and he was a badass motherfucker and you can actually like google him because um yeah he arrested one of the most famous mobsters that was uh like featured on Boardwalk Empire I think or something. like that. So like my family, we're tough and yeah, my grandfather is with me. And I guess that's where I get that look from because I mean, I grew up with like men that are like serious military men, like New York state detective people that like men that got men that got shit done. And I was always the little girl surrounded by these six foot six giants being like, what's up? This is my family. Like, I love them. And so, yeah, I'm assuming just based on what you just said, that that's probably where I get that from.
2: So the apple did not fall far from the, from the Stucky tree.
3: No, except for I'm a female. All of them are male, but I'm them in female form. Oh,
2: you don't say thanks for clarifying.
0: You're welcome.
2: (laughs) I really appreciate that, Laurel. Um, (laughs) All right. So in the episode, we're going to talk obviously about Wednesday's episode, the most recent one. But in the previous episode, it was the first time that this chasm developed, I guess, or at least it was brought to the light between Michelle and you. Were you aware of, of her fear that you were going to kind of go after her and, 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 throw, and throw her in if you had the opportunity? Or is this kind of like news to you?
3: I was aware of just who Michelle was. I was becoming aware of who Michelle was. So Michelle and I had quite a few interactions and, um, I am like more reserved when I'm getting to know somebody and I listen to them and I am usually just trying to figure out who they are as a person. And Michelle and I had many conversations where we, like had some funny moments. Like there was one night where we were all in Jordan and Chauncey and Johnny's room, Johnny, the rookie Johnny. And, uh, we were drinking wine and she was telling me about her rock collection. And I thought like, Oh my God, that's like so funny. You know, like that she loved rocks in middle school and like, she like was really into like the geo stuff. And like, Uh I just, I thought that was cool. Like I like when people have interesting things that they do that are different than other people people and then you know a lot of times um I mean obviously she still had a crush on Fessy and so like a lot of times when Mm. Fessy and I were talking um she would come in the room and I would listen to kind of what she was talking about with Fessy. And then those were conversations that I would end up having with Fessy saying, uh, Fessy, this, this girl still likes you. You realize that you have to tell her that you're not interested in her because she is holding on to hope that you like her. And like, if you're not interested in her like that, you got to talk to her because, and then like, I, I guess I was just like surveying the scene. One thing that I didn't like about Michelle um, was that one night she cornered Fessy and I saw them, I was going up the stairs to my room to go to bed and I saw her and it was like very weird. Like, Fessy was up against the wall and she was like kind of you know like uh, against him like like uh forward a little bit and um, like with his
2: hands on the wall like arresting him like patting him down I'm trying to get a visual of this was he like facing the wall or was he facing he was her
3: standing up against the wall like with his oh. back against the wall like this and she was okay. like forward at him and they were having a conversation I thought that was weird and mm. the next day you know Fessy and I talked a lot so the next day Fessy told me about it and he was like yeah, she basically came up to me and said, like, I have many options for a showman's this season. And, um, she was trying to get him to be in a showman's with her. And he was like, well, go ahead and put your bench warmers in basically because he wasn't interested in being in a showman's with her. And I just was like, that's weird, you know, because like coming from like you and me, where we're in like this old school train of thought, where we came on the show, basically, you know, in the real world era, where they casted thousands of people to be real. Like they, they really sought us out because they knew that we were just going to be ourselves. That's so like fake to me to say to somebody, do you want to be in a showmance with me? Because not once in my entire time on television. Have I ever done something that I wouldn't do because it's just who I am? And I think that that is what separates the people that are like now coming onto television because they're fake. And so like, I just started to basically develop an opinion about her based on what I was thinking. And maybe she could feel that, but like, I never had anything against her. i never had any, I never had any like, you know, first of all, I wasn't winning challenges. So it's not like I was going to send her in. It's, it's just, it's, it was just like a, a weird dynamic.
2: You're telling me, let me get this straight. You're telling me that there are people, the newer age, the newer generation of challengers. You mean, you you mean to tell me that they're coming on and they're being extra just for camera time and they're not being authentic versions of themselves? Cause I find that very difficult to believe.
3: well obviously you're joking because uh, i'm being sarcastic yes i mean i've I've
2: never seen it it's
3: never been so blatantly
2: obvious as it is on this season and we will get to that before we get to that though i want to touch on something just want to revisit something you just touched on there so are you saying that maybe so michelle obviously her justification for sending you in was...
3: She, Nothing. She, she had no felt, justification.
2: She was trying to say that you were the one... She felt like you were the one that was, resp- was responsible for throwing her in. She felt like you were going to retaliate. But do you think all of this is just a smoke screen because you were getting a little too close to the object of her affection? The one they call the, the decision maker, Messy Fessy? <laughs> the
3: decision maker. So, you know, I really am not going to speculate on that. Uh, but what I will say is that um, <sighs> she, I think that she's just not telling the truth. There's something that she's not telling the truth about and it is blatantly obvious. And she, and, and I said this in the episode too, like there, the truth is not, is not out. And so whatever that is going on within Michelle, she needs to figure that out because she's really causing some serious damage, especially like for the future of her game in this show. And so,
2: yeah. So so, so Jay and Michelle are both from Survivor, right? Do you think that they were trying to like play a Survivor game in the challenge house? Because that's what it appeared to me because what was so funny, and this is what I got from them, We threw them in obviously early on. Nani and I came in and we won the first. You know, obviously we didn't really know who, but it was very obvious who was working together. And it was you know all the new guys, Jay and Michelle, Johnny and Raven, Horacio and Olivia, Um, and then we obviously threw in Turbo because he's just fucking. He's just insufferable. Um, But I remember Jay and Michelle after we threw them in. They were like, "Listen, we get it. We'll take this one on the chin." But we want to work with you. We hope this is a one-time thing. We want to work with you. And I was like, whoa, so you mean like we just threw you guys in and now you're coming to us for a deal? Cool. Unbeknownst to me, they literally made deals with, I mean, the fucking butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. I'm pretty sure they tried to cut a deal with the security guard. I mean, <laughs> maybe like Nylee, our town coordinator, they probably made a deal with her. Um,
3: I love Nylee. So,
2: but that's wrong, Me too. Shout out to Nialli. So,
3: <laughs> Shout out to so, Nylee. <laughs>
2: But I think that's like because I think that's what they're conditioned to do, because I feel like Survivor, that's the game. Like you literally try and make secret deals with like everybody there. What they don't realize, though, is the challenge that shit gets snuffed out so quick because it's like the game of telephone. I'm very much like you as well, where I've been. We've been in this game so long. It's like you're almost conditioned to almost feel like anyone that approaches you has negative intentions or anyone that approaches you has an angle. So I'm not one that puts myself out there and it's like, hey, yeah, where am I on your list? Am I one, two, three, four, like whatever? That's never been my game. But I feel like, again, being from Survivor, making deals with everybody, creating this like pecking order. Dude, I remember after they sent you and Jack in, okay? And you guys came back. I remember walking by and listening to them talking. I remember Jay being like, hey, Jack, you want to be part of our alliance? And I'm like, buddy, who isn't part of this mega alliance that you've assembled here? You know what I mean? So I, I feel like if if any, but then, but what I found funny though, is that they were, they were almost using that as justification to throw you in. They were saying the reason that they were throwing you in is because you had deals with everyone. Was that true?
3: Which is so weird. And it's so gaslighting. Don't you yeah. think, you know, because honestly it's the furthest from the truth. I, I didn't, I, the reason why I was in the position that I was in was because they had made deals with everyone else. And so I didn't make any deals with anyone. And that's why we felt where we fell. but like, I'd have more respect for her if she could have just said, we're throwing you in because we don't have a deal with you. We have deals with these other people yeah. and we yep. are, we are afraid of what you're going to do, but it's like, she can't sit in her own, in her own, like, she can't sit where she's standing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she she can't face it. And so I don't have any respect for that. And I never will have any respect for that. If you can't own up to what you're doing and then you're lying about it to everybody, that's going to catch up to you. And so that's like you know, that's what got revealed to me. And that got revealed over time. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was friendly with Michelle for a very long period of time. And I thought that she seemed sweet and nice. But then what, what you come to find out is that she's not sweet and nice. She's very conniving. She's very manipulative. And she uses tears in order to try and get people to like come onto her side. And yeah, I can't be manipulated in that way. And it's just coming to light that like, that is exactly what she's doing. And you can't hide from that. So to me, it's like, why even lie? You know, why lie?
2: You know, like the, the, the saying goes, the ends justify the means. So it's almost like you're going to do something first, and then you're going to justify after why you did it. I feel like they needed a person. They needed a name to go in, right? And I feel like they, and your argument to her after was, but we're not winning. Why are you throwing us in? I think that is why, that was the reason why ah, they threw yeah, you in. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead of just saying that, like you said, and being yeah. honest, which I feel like would have been the way to go. Listen, we don't see you guys as a threat. You got to win in this game. You got to 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 protect people. Instead, though, they tried to come up with like this, you know, they tried to like really massage like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, the the semantics just to like just give themselves a justifiable reason as to why they were sending you in. And that's what Rub. That's what I saw is I was yeah. just like, guys, like this doesn't make any sense. And it's so funny how, again, dude, like multiple times, not just in the interrogation, but then after when you guys were having the, your little chat in the bunk beds and- i mean you were just dude you you literally just put her on the spot so many times because here's what i feel like she was trying to say a lot without saying anything it was almost just like exactly what she was doing And, and 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 what was so great about what what you did again in the deliberation and then when you guys were having your conversation is it was almost just like you cut straight through all this like word salad she was throwing out there and just basically like what are you trying to say to me? Just what are you trying to say? And then Mm -hmm. that's when she didn't know what, that's when she got up and left because it really was like, she was trying to like come up with an excuse and justify something that was kind of unjustifiable
3: she was trying to put it on me. And it's like, you're the one that's in power here. Why? Like, this is not, this is not my conversation to lead. What do you want? If you want a deal, let's talk about it. If you want, you know, like it's not, you threw me in, it's not my responsibility now to come to you and tell you what to do. You have the power. And to me, it's like, quintessential somebody who should, doesn't deserve power. Like I personally believe that Jay and Michelle don't deserve power because they don't know what to do with it. And also the thing that bothered me is she sat at my bed and then started crying. They didn't show it on the episode, but then then she started crying and saying, do you understand how hard this is for me? Do you understand how? And it's like, Bitch, I would easily sit in your position and throw you in and not give a damn. So whatever you're doing is like not working for me. Like, and I just, I don't know. I can't hang with people like that. I can't Mm -hmm. like, you know, over a period of a month of getting to know her, she showed me who she was and she showed everybody else who she was too. And so like, I, I feel as if, you know, things come to light. And unfortunately I got sent into elimination because I'm not willing to suck anybody's ass.
2: I mean, yeah, I don't think you should. You know what I think the big problem You know what I think one of the big problems was with this season? What? I think the format, while it creates a lot of drama, disincentivized winning. And not I think for that me. was a not okay, for maybe me, not for Johnny. you. For me, if we if you know there's not a last place. Oh, if you know oh, coming oh, in I last I see what
3: you're I see what you're saying in terms of sending four people in.
2: Yes, because here's teams. the thing. Here's the deal. If If you know coming in last, you're not going in. Okay. So automatically it's like, I could go out there, literally lay an egg and not be in any jeopardy. But if you felt like within the house that you weren't one of the people being targeted, all right, you felt like you had pretty good standing with everyone. Why fucking win? Because then what you're going to have to do now is say four names. And even if you could come up with the best reason possible, like, oh, this person's going to save you. If they're in your chance to come back, whatever. Whatever you're still nominating four people to go in and now you're giving these people. So, and this episode in the, 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 obviously the episode that came out, what they really didn't reveal. And it kind of annoyed me is the reason that I was being such a jerk off in the challenge. And Nani was getting so pissed at me is because I didn't want to win. In fact, not only did I not want to win, I was saying the words out loud. So one of the other teams there, whether it was Fessy and Mariah, um, uh, Johnny, Johnny, Devin, let, me, let me stop
3: you right there. It was blatantly obvious that you didn't want to win. So yes, they did reveal it. I wrote down, mm. Johnny, what the fuck? The fact that Nani has to school you on winning, there's clearly something else going on there. I thought either you had a deal with Jay and Michelle that they were going to win because no. you were roomed with Devin. Or like, I thought something else was going on there. But like, no. yeah, the fact that Nani had to school you on winning, like... And also that's a weird mentality for somebody who's a seven time champ to have like to not win because you could easily send somebody in and it still probably wouldn't affect you later on. I don't know how you weasel your way out of getting out of all these eliminations, but you do, you do.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm sticking by what I said and, and I get it. I get where where, where you're coming from because, but here's the deal. But then we got, but then again, we got put in. Okay. That's
3: what I'm saying. So why the heck wouldn't you win? Like,
2: Because I wanted, because here's why, here's why. I did not think that Jay and Michelle had any shot at winning that challenge because Jay was digging his pieces out for four and a half hours. But here's the other funny thing that you don't realize. Dude, Devin and Tori didn't, Devin and Tori didn't want to win that either. Fessy and Mariah did not want to win that either. It was almost like we were standing on stage being like, all right, Who's going to take this? And then they just happened to roll up when all of our words were already on the fucking boards. They gave themselves way too much credit because they came up and like each one of us had like our boards, like 95% of the word. The only word we didn't have was amigo. Because I just, for whatever reason, it just didn't occur to me. But I was hoping that, I knew if Devin and Tori won, but they didn't want that smoke either. And neither did Fessy and Mariah because they were all sitting pretty and they had, you know, deals with other people going on. So it's like, you just didn't want to then have to save four names. And I understand your mentality. I know you're like, dude, win at all costs. But this game, I feel like disincentivized winning in a way that past seasons have not. It, even if it was like a house vote or even if it was a power couple situation, at least if you won, you're the power couple, you're nominating one pair. Okay? If you, nomin- if you, especially later on in the game it got, you're not nominating a third when it gets lo- closer Again, a half of the house. It's like, dude, like, I don't know, man. If and especially if you know that you're not in jeopardy of going in, like there's very little reason to win. So
1: uh
3: yeah, no, I hear you on that. I hear you, but also I don't I don't feel the same and I feel like you should have tried to win. And I feel like any of those people that um were potentially that you're saying potentially didn't want to win. Um, like I know that those other people had deals with Jay and Michelle, so they wanted Jay and Michelle to win because Jay and Michelle were basically just getting shot by, by everyone. Like they're, they, that, that also is a rookie move in my mistake. The fact that I don't know if they had deals with like, with, with Tori and Devin and Fessy and Mariah, or if the, well if they did,
2: they did. Well, I mean, it was no, revealed no, no. in this Let episode,
3: Let me finish real quick. I don't know if they had deals with those people specifically to say, we're going into this challenge and you're going to win. Like, I don't know what the deals were, but there were things that were floating around there that were shifty. And I feel like this just elucidates the fact that Jay and Michelle are none the wiser that they're going to get all the, all the heat for for this and it they it their team is a is a mess you know what i'm saying yeah. and I, I feel like i don't know i don't know it, it, whatever i mean i shit the bed do you know what i'm saying like i can't speak i didn't win i shit the bed was, was it your better
2: did you shit in your own bed or Horacio's better fessy's bed
3: <laughs> well okay all right the um what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whose
2: bed you shit? You said you shit the bed, but I'm saying you were in multiple beds this episode, so I'm just wondering whose bed bed it was. In
3: competition, in competition.
2: Oh. Oh, oh, oh! So you're talking figuratively, not literally.
3: Exactly. Like the only like it's just it's frustrating for somebody like me who comes to compete and comes to win and like literally do nothing. Like you might as well, I might as well have just not been on this season, is how I see it. Like it's so oh, weird. It's so so so, so 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 weird.
2: Silly. Okay, if you didn't shit in Horacio and Fessy's bed, what did you do? Uh,
3: well, uh, <laughs> so you mean are you talking about when Fessy and I were in? Like he came into the bed that I was in. I was in Darrell's bed. I actually. mean, he
2: came in something.
3: No. That's not true. Sure. Fessy and I have never kissed. Fessy and I oh. have never, I mean, never um, hooked up or anything like mm. that. Um, okay. It, it, they're, they're just,
2: well, that bruise on your leg would say otherwise, Laurel.
3: I mean, okay. Listen, Fessy, I think has some sort of attraction <laughs> to me. I don't know what it is. Like uh-huh. there definitely was like something there. Like I, that I could feel that I was like, cause I have never met Fessy before. The only thing that I knew about Fessy beforehand Um, before coming into this, to this, uh, show was the, the, the stuff with Tori where Jordan and Tori broke off their engagement and then Tori had sex with Fessy and then something with Amanda. Like I knew that it was like chaotic. So that's the only thing that I knew, but like I was busy and not watching the challenge in these past years. And so I didn't really know the details and he's a tall guy. He likes to get women's attention. And so if you don't give him attention, he tries to like get it you know? Mm. So he wants Mm -hmm. to see, he wants to see which women he can get their attention. So he, he, he flirts and he like puts, you know, like the feelers out there to see who responds back. And like, I am more of like, you know, like get to know somebody first before I see if I like them. And so I could tell that like, there was like something going on there, but like it, like I didn't know him. And so I can't like somebody unless I know them. And so basically what happened is that night after, um, you know, when like
2: Horacio broke up.
3: No, no, no. This was way before. Oh. So you're cause oh, like, okay. cause like what's not shown is the fact that like everybody in the very beginning of the season is kind of feeling each other out. Like P- Olivia was flirting with Jay. Um, like Jay was, Jay was also flirting with like everyone. Um, Fessy was flirting with yeah, like that was everyone. You know
2: that's one of the things that I'm really shocked they didn't they didn't show the Olivia Colleen Jay love triangle because there that probably was just like wasn't
3: enough time.
2: Enough time. I mean, it turned yeah. into like a big. It turned into kind of like a big deal, and like a, according to Olivia, that was why. That's why she then kind of jumped ship and started canoodling with Nelson was because Jay was trying to play her and Colleen at the same time.
3: Well, Jay was flirting with everyone. And that's what I didn't like about Jay. So like Jay was flirting with me too. And so when I saw that Jay was flirting with everyone, I told him you're flirting with everyone. So it's not special. So therefore, I don't feel anything when you are doing that because it doesn't mean anything. So I told him that and that like, it was just like very weird because, you know, you're meeting all these people and you're, you're, you know, everybody's feeling each other out. And, um, and, and yeah. So, oh, what I was going to say though, is like at the very beginning. So like that happened with Jay and then Mm -hmm. like, you know, everybody's kind of like doing their, their own thing. And then with Fessy and I, like, I could tell like there was something like, I don't know what it was. Um, and then, so I was like feeling that out too. And then there was one night, um, at the very beginning where I slept in his bed and that's it. And Mm. like nothing happened. It was just like straight, straight cuddle sesh. You know what I'm saying? And then the next night, that's when I saw Michelle corner him and talk about the showmance, like the fact that she wanted to like have a showman's with him. But then he was like, no, we'll put your bench warmers in. And so I thought that was lame. And then I went to him the next day and I basically said to him, like, you know, I don't want to be a part of this whole thing that you've got going on where you do this with a bunch of women. Like I want to just be your friend. And after that we were just friends. And so we would talk, but there was like this weird thing. He would like stick his hand in my pocket when we were out drinking and like, t- like put his hand in my butt pocket. And, Whoa. um, Was he like, trying to
2: steal your wallet? Was he trying to steal your wallet? You think? I didn't have a wallet.
3: I didn't have a wallet. Yeah. So what, and, what do you
2: think he was looking for?
3: I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there was like, you know, a lot. Did of you things- ever
2: stick? Did you ever stick your hand in his pocket looking for like a roll of dimes? No. Oh. No,
3: because I was into Horacio. So like, like I know,
2: man. You were. I'll tell you what. You were a heartbreaker this season. Okay. No, I was, yeah, I was not. gonna say. I was listen. The Laurel and Horacio telenovela got real hot and heavy this episode. Okay. To the point. Where you actually had to move out because I think things were getting, I think feelings were getting, were getting real there, huh? What happened? What happened? With the, uh, what happened? Laurel and Horacio sitting in a tree or a bunk bed?
3: Well, we were roommates. Horacio and I were roommates. And so, like, another, uh, like, more information and backstory on this is, so we got off the plane from, the United States to Buenos Aires. And then we had to take a bus from Buenos Aires to where we were living in Pilar in Argentina. So that bus ride was like, I don't know, three, four hours long. I happened to be sitting in the front. He happened to be sitting across from me and um, Olivia and Jack were talking. And apparently Olivia said something to Horacio. And then I asked Horacio a question. And then we talked for that entire bus ride. And then we get to the hotel and our hotel rooms were right across from each other. So like every time we would mm. open the door for food, I would see him shirtless. And like it just like and then we get into the house and we happen to be roommates. So it's like it There, cool. it was just this it was just this natural progression of like him and I um, like just sounds be, like
2: fate to me.
3: No, but like bus so,
2: ride, hotel, bunk bed. I mean, that's th- there's a lot of uh, coincidences there.
3: Isn't there? No, it is. And then also like he speaks Spanish. So Spanish is technically his first language and I'm fluent in Spanish. And so there's just a lot of like connections that him and I had. And like when, when it, when I, like when we first met, it's not like I was like, oh my gosh, I really like this guy so much. It was like, we, we got to know each other over a month's period of time. And I just really got to like the person that he is. And I, um, we, we have like a connection. We have a, a super strong connection. And so like the, the whole so, thing. So was why fussy. do you
2: feel like, so why do you feel like he took so long then if you guys had this open, honest relationship, why do you think it took him so long then to tell you that he had a girl back home?
3: So I knew about, so basically he, t- I know so much about Horacio. Like he told, he, like, I feel as if we have a very, very open Communication and like I knew about this girl that he was dating, but I thought she was in the past because he Mm -hmm. was talking about it as if all of this stuff had already happened. But the one critical piece of information is that everyone was going around saying, Horacio's single, Horacio's single. And he wasn't saying, Well, technically I'm single, but when I get off this show, I'm going home and I'm going to go and ask this girl to be my girlfriend. I thought that the, that the situation was just in the past. So like, I knew who she was and I knew the situation and it just, he just didn't, it he just didn't say that one critical piece of information, which is it's pretty critical. Yeah.
2: Pretty critical. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So like, I found that out after. I found that out after kind of, you know, like we, it was almost like having a sleepover a lot of nights because our beds were like this, obviously I said it in the thing. So we would go to sleep and talk. And like one night I happened to ask him a question, Oh, you're still like talking to that girl. Or he mentioned something like he was still talking to her. And I was like, so, but like, cause I was dating before the show too. So when someone says I was dating, like it doesn't like, it doesn't doesn't really mean it. Yeah. Exactly. No, because I was dating too. And like, I went on a date right before I came like out and, and, but that is different than me saying, okay, when I get home, I'm going to continue to date back that home. guy. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or I have someone back home. That's that, that, you know, that means something to me. Yeah. Because after, I mean, it was, I mean, he was even seemed a little shocked when you were like, yo, I'm getting too attached here. I got to move out. How long did you stay? How long did you stay moved out? How long did you, how long were you guys on a break before you guys, you know, rekindled and you moved back in a day? That's what Mariah said. I just wanted
0: to see.
3: I mean, it was a day. I mean, I'm like, I'm super uh, polarizing (laughs) in the sense that like, if it's not hot, it's cold. If it's not on, it's off. So like black and white people tell me that I'm very black and white person. And
2: I, yeah, yeah, there's, there's no gray area with you.
3: Right. But like that, but so, uh, you know, like when I found that out, like my first instinct is just run away. You know what I'm saying? And so like I'm learning that about myself is that you don't have to necessarily like, you know, that I don't necessarily have to be that way, but yeah, I moved out that night. We didn't speak to each other the whole next day because I was trying to process how I felt about everything. And then he came to, he came to talk to me in my new room. We kind of talked about it. We said, all right, well, you know, we'll set some boundaries. And in the sense that, cause like we had been like holding
2: no sleeping with your shirt off anymore, because I just can't handle that. Was that one of the boundaries you guys set?
3: No, he can have his shirt off. That's not a big deal. Because
2: if the- I slept in a room with Horacio, I would make him keep his shirt on because I might actually start asking some questions about myself.
3: <laughs> well, that's for you to, uh, you know, figure out. But um,
2: <laughs> well, no. the, the best is the best is he goes. I think the best thing for Laurel and I is to take a little bit of time and have a little bit of space. And I'm like, well, buddy, good thing you're in a challenge house because time and space is just it, it, totally in abundance there. It's all we have. We actually have not, we have neither of It's like you want space from somebody. I mean, it's not the right place for that because you're on top of each other constantly.
3: Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that, but we did, we did like have some space from each other. The, the whole next day, I got a chance to talk to Mariah. You know what I mean? Like I, I was willing to, to, to you know, move forward and try and, and especially Horacio just being just you know very, very honest person. Like, I know that you might say something different because you know you're saying, like, I don't know. I, I think I think the situation was just not ideal. And um, so we, so
2: you wanted to, so you so after this conversation you have with Mariah and her three eyelashes. Yeah. You wanted to. <laughs>
3: But her three eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta might have,
2: stop. She might have four. Well, no, she was just leaving. Eyelashes. It was, she was like, it literally was like Hansel and Gretel. Like she'd leave like breadcrumbs of eyelashes everywhere. I'd know exactly where Mariah was every morning. It'd be like I one know. on my, there'd be one on my toothbrush. There'd be one on my pillow, one in the kitchen. Yeah, I n- no. know exactly how to find her. I just followed the trail of eyelashes. And then there she'd Somebody's be. Somebody's like of-
3: looking at Mariah very closely. Johnny. Bonanno.
2: I mean, how could I not? There's, there's, I'm just following the eye. I'm just following the trail of eyelashes. Mm, mm -hmm, mm
3: -hmm. No, but what were you going to say about that conversation where her and I were talking? Well, no, because I was
2: saying, well, I think you made some headway on the best possible solution to the predicament you found yourself in. And you decided that, listen, this Horacio thing may not be what's right for me right now. Might not be the 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 route I should go down. I need to find something more real, more stable, some with a future oh in it. I'm I know gonna go jump into bed going. with Fessy.
3: That's not what I did. I didn't jump into bed with <laughs> Fessy. He jumped into bed with me.
2: But okay, well, you guys were like in, you guys were like in adjoining beds. Like it was it was it was pretty close. He became no. your new bunk mate, sort of.
3: I was in Darrell's bed because honestly, I'll be on. I'll be honest with you. I will tell you exactly okay. what happened. I felt okay, like you. I was going to cry. What? We were having we were having a night. Everybody mm-hmm. was having their night. The thing with Horacio had happened. Um we like Horacio and I had talked after that. He had apologized. He had said, "Let's set some boundaries." We're no longer going to like hold hands. And I was like, okay, like I'm down for that. And then that night we did that whole telenovela thing with like, you know, it was just like stupid, you know, because people were trying to like push us together. That's the other thing. Like what they don't show is like everyone in the house, you can see when like a connection is forming and people try and push it, you know? I I don't
2: know. It was the exact opposite with me. They couldn't have fucking, they couldn't have, They couldn't have tried to dump more fucking salt on my situation, dude. It was like, every time I turned around, I'm like, aren't you guys my friends? Could you like talk your boy up for one second? Never mind. This isn't no, about me, it's about you. I feel Go
3: you. Ahead. Well I feel you, but also like okay, in my situation, everybody was trying to get me and Arasio together. Like everyone was supporting it. And so, like, it was difficult. And so that night, after we had set the boundaries and done all of that stuff, um, we did the little telenovela thing and he was flirting with me. He puts his arm around me, and I'm like, Arasio, you gotta stop, you know, like we gotta have that like line because it can't like because clearly I have feelings for you and like And I, I want them to go away, you know, like I, I need them to go away. And so that night after we did that little thing, I realized I'm going to get hurt over and over and over again through this, like no matter what boundaries we set, like when I'm, when I'm with him, it's like, it's like, we're, we're connected. You know what I'm saying? There's something there. So, um, so I Fessi so Horacio leaves that little, like the, the living room where we're in, we were doing that thing. I realized this is not going to work even though we, we set boundaries and Fessy comes walking in and I'm just like, Fessy was somebody that I could talk to after I said that, like, you know, we were only going to be friends at the very beginning. I, Fessy and I. Is Fessy
2: like you're in case of emergency break glass, you know, like the red button you hit, like in case (laughs) you are just like ever in need, you're like, all right, you know, that's, it's always, that's always an option
3: it's not how I think of it at all, but it he was somebody that like
2: <laughs> uh, actually not one bit,
3: <laughs> but like, so I, I, I saw him walk in the living room and I was like, Fessy, can I talk to you? And he was walking in with Michelle and he like immediately came over and was like, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely." I bet she felt
2: some sort of way about that.
3: Probably. But so then um, we go like into his room to talk. And I, what I really wanted to talk about was like, I just didn't want to cry. I wanted to talk about something else. I, I, mm-hmm. I was upset, um, hurt and I was laying in Darrell's bed and he was, um, laying in his bed. And then obviously he could tell that I was upset and, um, and yeah. And then he got into my bed and, and it was just, it was like a, you know, he, a cuddle thing.
2: Now let me ask you this, or let me, let me make this point. So and I have known this from in the past. I with you know, I've dealt with a few ladies in the day and there are certain girls that love when you're pursuing them because they, they love the attention while you're pursuing them. It's almost like they act like they don't care. Right. And they kind of like give you the, you know, the Heisman, but then as soon as you kind of get fed up with the pursuit, and you're like, this is going nowhere. As soon as you stop giving them that attention, it's like, they're like, Oh my God. And then that's when like, they, they come around. Do you, And and I'm just saying, and again, and I know that there are some guys that are out there like this. Do you think that maybe that was kind of a similar situation with Horacio where it's like he enjoyed having you pursue him? (laughs) Because it was easier for him to just kind of be like, no, we're just going to keep this, you know, whatever. Like I have a girl, but whatever it was. But then as soon as you kind of like stopped and you're like, now we need to set boundaries. Do you kind of feel like the dynamic changed a little bit or no?
3: honestly, it was so quick, Johnny, like the the conversation about us having boundaries came from Horacio, which also is like, what a, what a, what a guy, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he's able to like face what's happening. And that's what I like about him. He's able to, to face what's happening. He doesn't run from it. And, uh, you know, he, he tried, he he's, he's got good intentions. I'm and- taking, I'm
2: taking note I'm taking notes right now. Uh, have, good in, have good intentions.
3: No, it's not about having good intentions. No, it's not about look having- good
2: with your shirt off.
3: Johnny, it's about being able to face what is in front of you. That is actually oh. a, a quality that like anyone should could and could work on. Horacio doesn't shy away from an uncomfortable situation, which a lot of people do. It's not just men, it's women too. He doesn't shy away from uncomfortable situations and he's, he's willing to sit there even though it's uncomfortable and try and figure it out. Um, to answer your question though, like, I feel as if, um, I feel as if what was between us was mutual and he was confused. Mm-hmm. And he was, he technically was single, so he didn't lie, but he also did have a girl back home. And I think that it just caused a lot of confusion for him. He, he came really in sh-
2: tiptoed, he really tiptoed on the line. Okay. I got to give him yeah. credit.
0: Guys, he's good. He's, he's a Coxman. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Experience the thrilling burst of delicious cherry flavor with the crisp and refreshing Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in zero sugar, diet, and mini cans, Pepsi Wild Cherry is the perfect way to indulge your wild side. From a Friday night binge watch to a raucous evening of pizza and sweatpants with your friends... Pepsi Wild Cherry lets everyone get wild their way. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
1: This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered. For your next spring adventure, shop the Golden Collection at ugg.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower, what's next? Start today at empower.com tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Not that I would not love to talk
2: about the Laurel Stuckey, uh, you know, relationship soap opera, telenovela all night long, but there was a big challenge that took place. Obviously, I know my partner was not happy with the way that I handled things. I want to let you know, just to put your mind at ease, I had no deals with anybody to try and... I just wanted somebody else to win that I knew they wasn't going to throw me in. I wasn't thinking about, you know, really anyone else's game at that point. But what I found funny was, and and here's the thing. Me and Devin this is the first season that me and him have, like, actually put our differences aside. We roomed together. But I was always very wary of him all season because the first thing that would happen when we got back from challenges is he would come yeah. in and he'd try and like milk as much information from me as he possibly could. Yeah. But I'm like, listen, dude, I see you do like I've seen you in Jay's room. I've seen you in Nelson's room. I've seen you in and I'm like, you know that I'm not working with Jay. You know that like whatever's going on with Nelson and I is like paper thin. So if you're having this conversation with me, you've got to be having these conversations with, with with other people. So I and I remember this challenge specifically coming back. Cause I was kind of wondering why him and Tori weren't on the board the week before. And in this one coming back, guy was cool as a cucumber. He was out playing pool. He was yucking it up. And that's when everyone's running around like, yo, who is this team going to nominate? So I'm like, how does he feel so comfortable come to find out Tori and him had made a one challenge deal, which, oh my God, reeks of Weston Bergman. Cause this was always Wes's thing. I know. I'm like, this could not be any more Wes. Like this is Wes. This has Wes's grubby little freckly fingerprints all over it. This one challenge deal. So <laughs> I guess that's how they stayed out of it. Which was I, I mean, that's but, true. But, but I mean, dude, I'm like a one challenge. Well, what is that? Like who does? Like, I mean, but that I've just never proves. in my life made a one challenge or deal with anybody. It's like Johnny. I either have a deal with you or I don't. Johnny, I'm listening
3: that just proves that Jay and Michelle don't know what the hell they're doing because to accept a one challenge deal is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. The fact that Devin got away with it is lucky, but it worked for, it worked in his favor and he, you know, I feel like he did a really good job of, uh, of maneuvering this season for that reason alone. He's manipulating this like, you know, team that is very easily manipulated. Doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And for in, in his benefit, And we, you, like, I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't, you know.
2: And and what I thought was funny was Jay and Michelle are sitting there. They're talking about like, oh, who are we going to nominate for this next, for, you know, in this next uh, interrogation. And it's almost like the logic doesn't even make sense. Because Jay was clearly angling in the beginning for me, not for you. I think what he ultimately wanted was to send me in. Okay. Ah. But then they end up also sending in Casey, which to me makes zero sense because it's like, you want me to go in yet. You don't nominate me as the main vote. So you put me in a draw with Casey who that just makes it even more likely that one that we're going to save each other and come back. And that's why I was sitting there listening to it. And I'm like, man, you guys are dumb. Like this just makes absolutely no fucking sense, dude.
3: Yeah. None of it made any sense because the, the reasoning for putting you in was literally to get you to go home. But then at the same time, they're trying to say, we don't want you to go home. We're putting someone in there with you. That's going to save you, which that did work out in their favor. You know what I'm saying? You did, you did pick the safe and you guys did send You did save Casey. And then me and Jordan went into elimination against each other. And ideally like it worked out where they could have come out and said, see, we did this to save you, but it could have gone horribly wrong. But also the problem with that decision was that they, they brought in more people that they pissed off. So they just pissed off almost everyone. I would say almost everyone. And, and it was a bad move because they're forgetting that this game like goes on. So when they come back for more games, you pissed off all these people. You proved that like, this is how you work and that sticks with you. And that's where they went wrong. There is a
2: few like unalienable rules that are just, they're just common sense that you follow in the challenge. And one of them is if you nominate a team, two teams, three teams, four teams to go in, you don't come around the next time and pick (laughs) different teams or add on to the I list. Know, but it's that's- like if you've already pissed off and I say this all the time, if you've already drawn blood and you've already pissed off a team or two te- whatever, however many, why piss off new teams? Like what didn't because now all you're doing is you're putting the hit list on your you're making the hit list on you even longer.
3: Guess what, Johnny? Blows my mind. Guess what, Johnny? What? That's what makes you a seven-time champ.
2: I mean, that that and and I looked great with my shirt off. <laughs> Not as good as your boyfriend Horacio but I'm getting there. Yeah, he looks it's gonna, real good. Just going to do a few more crunches. Um so the other thing I love about you and this is I think also I think maybe this is a maybe this is one of our one something that's very real about us but maybe something that has hindered our game in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to be fake. Okay? If I don't like somebody and I have to sit there, I cannot I can't pretend to like these people. It was so funny because watching you then have to go back into this interrogation again. And Jack even said, he goes like Laurel sitting here and talking to them and being nice to them. Like she would rather gnaw her arm off than be in this position. And then two seconds later, Nani and I are in there and I'm like, I'm only doing this for Nani because everything in my, everything in me wants to projectile vomit all over Jay's face because I just can't do it. I can't, I can't do the fake thing, man. It's like, And some people can, and I think that makes them, I don't know, maybe they're good at the game. It makes them a a sociopath. I'm not sure, (laughs) but that's just, that's just something I can't do.
3: Yeah. Well, at that point, it was, this is, this is how I saw it. We were not winning challenges. So the probability of us going in literally every single week was almost at a hundred percent. So I, I felt back into a corner to Mm -hmm. have to, try to maneuver out of the situation. And like, there's really like, that actually was one of my, it is one of my biggest regrets is that I, I uh,
2: don't regret it because honestly, Laurel, it's not, there's nothing that you could have done or said that was going to you, you were, you were in a predicament, dude, you were in a predicament. They'd already said your name again. They had to nominate four people. There was no way from there on out that you weren't going to be put on that board if they won. There's just there's just no way. So it's almost better sometimes to go down. This is why I always I'll always go in if and and if I know or if I know there's a good chance that I'm going in, you will never see me on camera fucking groveling or 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 kissing somebody's ass to not get sent in because then a lot of times you're still going in and they also have you kissing their ass and still sending you in. So it's like I will never give them that satisfaction. Jordan then comes in.
3: I and love Jordan. Oh my God. Jordan, Jay, Jordan laid down the hammer.
2: But Jay legit lies straight to his face because Jordan asked, he goes, listen, you've got a deal with Jack and Laurel. You got to, you made a deal with bananas. You made a deal with who, um, Casey or no, did you make, who are the three? It was, oh yeah. Jordan and he said, you, you, you just made a deal with them five minutes before going in there you <laughs> and me. And then he's like, did you also have a deal with Kenny? And Jay straight up tells him he did not cut a deal with you. He did not cut a deal with me. And I'm literally sitting this guy like, you do realize that this is like all on camera. You do realize this is all going to come out. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, but again, you know, I think like- that's a survivor mentality where it's like they're used to whatever they do this season. Imagine if you were on the challenge for one season and everyone that you burned and everyone that you screwed over and every decision that you make, you were never going to have to deal with these people again. Right. So many people only think about this season and right. it's like, you got to realize the bananas, the laurels, the Nannies, the Jordans, you're going to have to deal with us for a long fucking
3: time. Uh, yeah. And like, I mean, classic case in point, who'd he piss off? Jordan, Anissa, me, you, Nani, like, yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah. What, are you, what are you thinking? Because yeah. all those people, have memories and all of those people do the challenge and you're going to come back next season. And you're just not thinking ahead.
2: Um, The only thing that can follow up that incredible uh, interrogation situation was Michelle legitimately making the worst decision of her life and walking into the kitchen when there was a pissed off Laurel and Nani sitting (laughs) on the couch, like two lionesses just waiting to pounce. All right. And watching her walk in and just try to talk to the two, I'm like, dude, this ain't it. Because I know both of you, listen, and I know Nani well enough and I know you well enough to know when you guys are like not in a good, like when you're not in that, like, I know just by look on Nani's face when I'm like, All right, I'm just going to give you some space because I know like you're not into my antics right now. Same yeah. with you. And her walking in, it's like she should have just read the room because that was, she left there, you know, with her tail between her legs, man. Like that was, that was brutal.
3: What was she doing? Why, why did she come in? The damage was done. Me and Nani were like, you know, having a discussion uh, between ourselves and she just sent both of us into elimination. She just lied to Jack. She just lied to Nani and said that she wasn't going to send her in and did. What, what was she expecting? It's like Michelle has the worst timing of anyone. She comes into my room after she sends me into elimination the previous week and wants to have a conversation and like wants me to, you know, like, you know, I, I don't know what she wanted me to do. Then it does the same thing the next week with me and Annie. I mean, we were not- but Jay
2: did But Jay did the same thing with Jack. I remember watching it right after he at, they had this boy band together, the Chinese takeout or whatever. And then Jay throws him in. And I remember that literally the next day, Jack was actually cutting my hair and Jay yeah. came in a couple of times and he's like, Hey man, I know I'm in the doghouse, but like, can we be boys again? And like, how much longer am I going to have to wear this dunce cap and like blah, 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 and all this shit. And it was just like, dude, just let it go, man. Like sometimes you just have to make a decision and you just got to stick with it, dude. And there's no, and there's no going, there's no, you know, backtracking. I, I did. However, uh, what did Jack, what did Jack oh say, God. dude? The garbage. He said,
3: The garbage. He was trash trash water
2: leaking out of a dumpster into a sewer (laughs) with rodents and infested rats, and that's what that's what Jay was. I'm like, all right, dude. Like, I get it, man. Like, I'm no, you know, Jay super fan, but man, that was a bit graphic.
3: That was bit graphic.
2: That That was was
3: straight up. That was Philadelphia coming out, and like that is why I love Jack. Like, honestly, I mean, Jack. I am so happy that I brought Jack on because this is his personality to a Wait, Did you bring every- Jack
2: on or did you bring Jack off?
3: I brought Jack on. Oh. Um, And, but no, but that's why I brought him on is, and I love the fact that like people are like loving him. I even saw Wes yeah. t- like say oh. something the other day, like Jack's I love amazing. this guy. He's yeah. so amazing. And I just, I'm so like, I don't know. It just it's just it's so weird to like bring someone on the show that like I I love so much and like have people love him too. Like he's he's amazing. That visual?
2: Yeah. That visual. Well, I think next to that my other favorite Jack quote of the episode was I've never gotten over anything anyone <laughs> has ever done to me. I'm like, "Well, oh, Jack, that's that's a healthy way to deal with your problems." <laughs> <laughs> I've never in my life Never gotten over anything anyone's ever done to me.
3: (laughs) What he means is he never forgot. I get it. it.
2: I get it. I get it. No. Love me some Jack. Same. Gone too soon. Listen, both of you were gone too soon. Uh, That elimination, I got to say, Laurel, I'm sorry, the nomination, pulling the safe sword. I wish it wouldn't have been that way. Um, Not your fault. I know, but still, dude, like it just, A, it sucked being put in that position. And what I think a lot of people don't understand, and it is a game at the end of the day. I get it. Fans are going to be like, oh my God, what are you getting so upset about? But I feel like what some of us have, like relationships, like transcend the game. And it just sucks. It's like, all right, you get put it against someone. Maybe you're working with, maybe you kind of just met this season. Yeah, it sucks. You go home to them, but having to go in or having to like say someone's name or going against somebody that you know, and you care about, it's like you actually have a relationship with that is so much more difficult. Like, You know, we were in a tough spot there and and it sucked. I'm sorry that we said so many nice things about you because apparently that is not what you needed before the elimination. So next time, if I have to, I'll say a bunch of mean shit and I'll get you all fired up that way ready to go. And we don't, we don't have an emo laurel going into the limb.
3: Thank you. Yeah, no. Um, it just, uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out you know like for me specifically it's it's weird because normally it does work out um and so the 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 thing that i had to like swallow and accept this season is it just it just was not for me and it's okay though because you know i brought jack on and everybody's getting to know jack and how amazing he is and there's a lot i think that that Jack will do in the future in this game in terms of just even like for his, for his self, because it's so weird. Cause like this show for me, the biggest thing that it did for me was prove to myself that I can do anything that I set my mind to. And there was a period in my life where I had a lot of doubt in myself. And that's why I came into the scene. So gung ho to get it done was because what people don't know is like, they say I'm the best. They say like, there's all these things that are set out there, but, but what it really is, is like me being headstrong. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not the best at everything that we do. I, I just had such a, like such a need for, to go and win. Right. And I think that's what people like saw from me and in the past, at least. And it's interesting because I feel like my evolution on this show, like I came in, I came in strong, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because that's what, that's what I wanted. And then I want, I won free agents and I finally was able to take a breath and say, Laurel, no matter what you do in life, you can do it. You can make yep. it happen as long as you persist, as long as you keep going, as long as you believe in yourself and as long as you never give up. And that was the biggest takeaway that I had from being on the challenge. And I feel like Jack has those same like inner, I mean, you said we need therapy. I mean, clearly we, we I'm you, I'm doing therapy and I'm also doing the challenge at the same time. But like, I feel like finally I'm like getting to the point where I'm letting people get to know me. Whereas before, when I first came on the scene, I I was very misunderstood because I didn't want anyone to know me. I didn't want anybody to be able to hurt me. And you know, like I was hurting a lot when I first came came on this show. And and so it's it's interesting because I feel like uh it's the the progression of like me, I feel like now I'm finally letting people get to know me a little bit and that's foreign to me and yep. um you know, but I still what I'm hoping for the future is that I still um, can access that, that beast and can access, you know, that girl that can, can get shit done. And, um, and so I'm, I'm constantly, you know, making changes. And so I'm, I'm hoping we'll see, we'll see.
2: Laurel, I've been there and I've watched your evolution on the challenge over the years. And I think you've taken all of the, and I feel like similar, I share some similar steps as well. You've Mm -hmm. taken all the things that are, that are great about you and you've refined them and you've maybe taken some of the things that made you a little rough around the edges and you've kind of like discarded them. So that fire is definitely still alive in you. Okay. I think what it is now is it's now it's like, you know, like the incredible Hulk, like when he first, like he had no control over this rage monster inside of him, but now like the newer Hulk, like he could kind of like keep it contained, but it's still there. And when he needs it, he could call on it. Like, I think that's what it is, if anything. I think before, when you first burst into the scene, I think you were, you were like the Hulk that you couldn't control. You're like this exposed nerve. And it's like now that you have, again, grown and you've evolved and you've, and and you've learned more about yourself and you've opened yourself up and you've become more vulnerable and you've become a more well-rounded version of yourself i think that that is going to only benefit your game and don't worry dude like there's nobody out there that looks at you and it's just like oh yeah okay laurel softened up a a, a little (laughs) bit emotionally now she's not one to be feared like trust me dude like (laughs) you you still have so so much more to accomplish um and there's so much more you can accomplish so much more you're gonna accomplish and um i'd say don't doubt yourself ever and don't think that like what made you great and what has, and what has, you know, turned you, what, you know, has made you be known as like a legend. Don't think you've lost any of that. Cause that is all, you know, still there. It's just, you just gotta, sometimes it's easier to access and to tap into than other times. I've been in the same boat, so don't worry about yeah. it. Thanks, yeah. Johnny.
3: Thanks, man. This was good. I
2: love this. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, well, thanks for coming to my Ted talk.
3: You're welcome. I enjoyed it. Oh man. Yeah. Thank you.
2: All right. Well, I just, uh, and I also want to say that it was, it was a bummer watching you go. It's never, it's always, the episodes are always, uh, you know, more sad after you leave, you know, it's, there's only a few, So only a few of us like left that really like move the needle. So when one of us goes down, man, it's like, uh, it's like watching a, I it's know. like, you know, watching one of your own. So
3: I know that's how I felt
2: bummer that uh you know we're not going to be able to see any more laurel this season but i have like like tj always says i'm sure we'll see you on future seasons. so hopefully that's sooner rather than later potentially uh i'm not going to say where i'm at right now but i don't know might be seeing laurel in this location soon hopefully all don't the stars know. align i don't, don't know, know. <laughs> all right well do you have any do you have anything else you want to you want to finish up with if yes, people want to like catch up with you yeah
3: I do. Uh, in one of your episodes with Tori, you said that I slipped on toilet water, sneaking into Fessy's room to go in like canoodle. That's not true. Um, that was the night that I went up to Brandon, the producer and said, I've reached my max. I'm at yeah, my, yep. my max, Brandon. I'm at my max. And like, I need headphones. I need ear foot plugs. I—it's too loud in here. And then I stormed down I the hall, and night. I heard you, and I heard you say my name. And I stormed back into your room, and I'm like, "Did you say something about me? What did you say?" And then both of you were—you and Devon were under the covers, like nothing. Nothing, we didn't say anything. But that that night was the night that I was looking for um earplugs because everybody mm. was partying and I hadn't slept in like four days. So I was going to everyone's room and asking, do you have any earplugs? Oh, ear so plugs? you I went have, to
2: Fessy's room looking for earplugs.
3: I went to everyone's room looking for earplugs. Brandon didn't have any. He said that he was oh. going to get me some, but he didn't get me any. So I walked down and there happened to be toilet water in there. And Kim... Actually, did have earplugs. So that night, I did slip on toilet water and fall yep. into the to the to the toilet water. But I I was looking for earplugs. Like,
2: oh, looking for a butt plug. I mean, an earplug.
3: Earplugs, earplugs, earplugs. Yes, earplugs. Yes. So that was not true. Where what, okay. tr- right, we'll, we'll what you said? That
2: was not true. Okay. All right. That was not true. You We'll yep. clear. We'll We'll clarify it. Laurel was not going into festive room to look for a snuggle. She was going in to look for earplugs
3: exactly so i left that room that night and went back to my bed and um and yeah
2: all right well i'm glad we got that clarified um Thank you. what i meant if you have anything else to say i meant did you want to tell <laughs> the fans they want to if they want to if they want to keep up with the uh, adventures of laurel stuckey where they can uh where they can follow you oh
3: just on my instagram at laurel stuckey um, I have Twitter, which is at Laurel Stucky. Um, yeah, I don't really use like Instagram and 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 stuff as like a social media influencer or anything, but yeah, I'm just like, right. well,
2: I mean, listen, you know, if if some dudes want to slide into your DMs, because I will say, I'm looking, one
3: did the other day. Ah, <laughs> uh,
2: you're, I mean, Laurel, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, okay? Because, Thanks. uh, yeah, thank you. All right, well, Laurel, listen, it's always a pleasure. Miss having you on this season, but I, again, I'm sure I'll see you back soon. And yeah, can't wait to uh, can't wait to see, you know, what we accomplish here next. So that being said, thanks for stopping by the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast, where the tea flows like wine, it did tonight, and my guests instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. I'm Oprah, and I love you.
1: sponsored by empower not an endorsement or statement of satisfaction by a client this episode is brought to you by state farm you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong but these are the words
0: you really need to remember like a good neighbor state farm is there they've got options to fit your unique insurance needs meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need have coverage options to protect the things you value most